welcome to the Marvelous Post Flip Podcast, a podcast on all things Marvel on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I'm Steve. And I'm Mischievous Dave, and today we're talking about episode two of season one of Hawkeye entitled Hide and Seek. Can you believe we're in two episodes deep already? Yeah, I feel <laughs> like that. <laughs> How about that? We're a third of the way through. Holy crap. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed we're only getting six episodes, but you know, hey, it's a nice little bit of the MCU. Right. Setting up another part of the MCU, right. which I'm sure will set up another part of the MCU. Yeah, never ends. It's like a Russian doll, stacking doll of <laughs> MCU. Dressed in little tracksuits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I want one that looks like that now. <laughs> I know. They get dumber as you get, pull one away. <laughs> All right, initial reactions. Steve, what do you got? Well, I enjoyed the episode. It was great to see... We get more of Kate and Clint in this episode. <laughs> and yeah, Clint is not a happy camper because she is so young. And even though she can handle herself most of the time, it's just the inexperience that he is having some issues with. <laughs> so, And her mother keeps referring to. Yes. Young and rich. Yep. So I'm enjoying that part of it immensely because <laughs> Clint's... He's a little Archie Bunker-ish, but not quite as bad. Wow, you got a lot of people that are going to be like, wait, who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One more talk. Yep. Get off so what are you giving it three? You're giving it three out of five Archie Bunker flushes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Dave, what are you thinking about this episode and your non-rating of it? Uh, yeah, I know we're not rating it, but if we were, <laughs> I didn't think it was as great as the first one. I liked the first one better so i'm giving this one three out of five guys named grills and last name must be hibachi <laughs> yeah it was okay yeah <laughs> world building i guess it seems shorter i don't know maybe that was me i think they were the same length and time i yeah, thought they were both probably. 45 47 minutes i will have to say that again it's like okay world building is where i actually enjoy things because it's like okay bringing everything in piecing this together but I felt like there's a lot of people that seemed really naive in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of got me. And then the end scene, I'm like, hmm, who is that? And of course, my head going like every direction. Like, who could that be? Could it be this? Could it be this? And then actually, after what we talked about last episode of what they're setting up, I realized this is where they're setting up Echo. Right. So that's where we're going. So that should be interesting. It's like, okay. We still got four episodes, because right now I'm thinking she's a bad guy. How is she going to be a superhero? Right. She's going to be one of those anti-heroes, kind of, but not really. I guess we'll see where it's going. So still firmly in the I'm watching it seat. Good. <laughs> well, we got a small recap as usual. Clint has to help Kate disentangle herself from the tracksuit mafia and a real-life murder mystery. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> The disentangling his... part? Yeah. Here's the air quotes, but not on his watch. Yeah. Kate Bishop makes me quiver. Bring that <laughs> one back, too. So, Clint Barton, meet Kate Bishop. After finding Kate wearing the Ronin suit out in New York City, Clint realized he's got a big mess to clean up. Yep. See, I told you, no retirement for superheroes. Nope. Meeting her hero for the very first time, Kate Bishop naturally wonders whether a guided tour of Avengers Tower is in the car. Yeah, everybody wants that. Even oh, in Batman. Can we, can we meet Batman? No. 
Clint disappoints her, revealing the tower was sold some years back. This line continues the mystery from Spider-Man Far From Home, which showed the building being renovated ahead of the big relaunch. Potential new owners include Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four and Kang the Conqueror after Loki showed an alternate tower with Kang, the Kang alter ego, on the side of Stark. It's the last change I remember. Yep. Although I would love to be uh, a Fantastic Four tower. Oh, boy. That, that would, be, would be a good way for them yes, to bring them in. It really would. Oh, so many. Like, strings to, to pull. Oh, and they'll pull them all, too, believe me. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you have to stick with every show. Because yep. if you don't, doomed. Yeah. You <laughs> miss one thing. It's like, wait, but what about crap? Yeah. Everyone's talking about, remember the time in that show? No. Didn't you watch it? No. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Taking him back to her apartment in the hopes of hiding out, no sooner does she hand over the Ronin suit that she's also got a few things she'd like from the Avengers to sign for her, because who doesn't do that, even in the bathroom? <laughs> well, the two try and sort everything out, there's suddenly a commotion from outside. So maybe Kate messed up a little and her name is on the call box outside, leading the tracksuit mafia right to her. Yeah, because I just don't get how they found her. Right. I mean, you guys say they yeah, have contacts everywhere. But okay, but it's an apartment building. It's not like that's the only apartment, right? Good grief, no. Yeah. New York, New York City? Eight million so, people? It used yeah, to be so, four million, but now it's eight million again. Yeah. <laughs> so how did they figure out which one? It's like, hmm, which light went on? Oh, that's obviously this one. Really? Come they on. Threw the docket on the internet and gave it away. Order some pizza or whatever. So the gang outside blows a flaming Molotov cocktail through a window, setting the place ablaze. The two of them realize that they need to play with Pizza Dog and Toe and escape out the back. However, in the chaos, the Ronin's suit is left behind, meaning that after Kate is safe and secure again, Clint has to go back for it. I will have to say that I thought it was interesting that when Kate's like, but what about the suit? Clint's like, don't worry, I'll come back for it later. Obviously, surrounded by flame, so the suit is like flame yeah, resistant? I, or? Yeah, I don't know. Clint like, would, okay. so yeah, maybe he, he might know that, yeah, it is flame resistant. Holy cow. Needing a place to lay low, Kate takes Hawkeye to her aunt's apartment, and there's a host of surnames listed on the buzzer, some of which refer to Marvel staff, past and present. Marcelo Sosa, Robert Bernstein, and Sam Moskowitz get shoutouts, assuming this isn't just a really big coincidence. And inside the apartment, a poster for a creature from the Dark Galaxy features the name Luke Ballard. This is likely a nod to the digital artist of the same name who worked on numerous MCU movies. Also living in the Marvel alumni apartment is Moira Brandon, and the same name could be spotted alongside Ballard's on the Creature of the Dark Galaxy poster. I did not catch that. That's pretty cool. It's safe to assume Kate Bishop's aunt is Moira, and this name connects directly to the comic book character. In Marvel lore, Moira Brandon was an actress, hence the poster, whose estate was sold and eventually became the West Coast Avengers headquarters. Moira herself helped bring down a villain and was made an honorary Avenger by Hawkeye before she died. It remains to be seen whether Kate's aunt is just a fun Easter egg or whether she can somehow connect Haley Stanfield character to the Avenger. I really think it's going to be, yeah, Young Avengers. I mean, it has to be, right? Yep. Makes sense. But sometimes they like to not make sense, so who knows? Yeah. Clint's mission back to Kate's charred apartment is failed attempt to retrieve the Ronin suit because by the time he gets there, it's gone. However, Clint notices a sticker on one of the fire trucks for NYC LARPers and investigates it a little bit more via social media when he returns to Moira's apartment. Really? You're just going to put a sticker up on your fire truck? I yeah. Mean, <laughs> 
seems kind of weird, but hey, I guess whatever works. Turns out one of the firefighters at Kate's apartment picked up the suit and is now going to wear it into battle. A LARPing battle, that is. And that just had me wondering, okay, how many firefighters are just snagging stuff when they go into people's Exactly. <laughs> There's an infamous story. I shouldn't even bring it up because it's kind of sad from 9-11 where that happened. I don't know if you guys no. know the story. I won't share it here, but. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's hope that. Yeah. I hope we don't get any more of that because that was just awkward. For those unfamiliar, welcome to the world of live action role playing, a.k.a. LARPing for short. Seeing no other way to get the Ronin suit back, Clint finds himself on a different kind of battlefield going up against New York City firefighter grills to win the suit back but grills will only hand it over in a battle to the <laughs> death dun, dun, dun. i thought that was hilarious because it looked like clint was having a little bit of fun and then suddenly it's like oh i'm done yeah. with this <laughs> and yes for those wondering warping is very different from cosplay just so you know right although i have a feeling if you're part of the fandom you know first of all i'm a fan of all this stuff Clayton English, who portrays Grills, tells Marvel.com, I literally felt more like my character than I probably should have because I'm fanning out the whole time. So obviously he deserves to be here on the fangirl zone. Yep. I'm like, oh, I get to kill Hawkeye in a LARPing battle. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Gathering all the LARPers around, Clinton Grills battle it out with the latter victorious. That was the plan after all. The suit is then returned to Clint, and in real life, Grills didn't want to hand the Ronin suit back. Either as Clayton tells, I don't want to take it off. I felt like that was a very Deadpool thing because I believe that's how Ryan Reynolds got the suit. He just walked off with it. Yes. <laughs> and he continues to say that he took so many pictures in the suit that he can't even post them yet. Now he can post. Yep. He can now. It's aired. It's probably all over social media. Oh, yeah. Hawkeye's LARPing sequence is a fun incursion to the exasperated Avengers because he didn't have to actually fight, but he was busting out some of those moves, and the over-exaggeration of everybody dying was pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> and it's largely devoid of MCU Easter eggs in that whole sequence until the very end, at least. The man who stole Clint Barton Ronan costume, my gosh, it's hard to say, identifies himself as Grills, and though there's not a whole lot of resemblance, Grills is the name of Clint's neighbor, in the Marvel comic, he mistakenly calls Hawkeye Hawkeye and suffers a very violent run in with Kazi. <laughs> Hawkeye. No, that's a whole different kind of person. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Clint returns to the apartment the next day and trying to describe the tracksuit mafia, Kate Bishop writes very white repeatedly on a notepad. You think? <laughs> and Doey. Yeah. Wasn't it Doey? Yeah, Doey. <laughs> She's very Doughboy. Definitely not wrong, but this could hint toward the group's comic moniker. In the source material, Hawkeye refers to the gangsters as tracksuit Draculas, and while the name isn't getting used in the MCU, the very white line could be a vampire-themed homage. This is where Clint Barton and Kate Bishop say goodbye, or at least Clint hopes. He's got his own problems to deal with, so he walks Kate to work, hoping that by the end of the day, the Ronin situation is all sorted out. <laughs> you yeah. sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> While the two walk, Kate grills Clint on being Avenger and concludes that he's got a branding issue. Kate grills Clint? Yeah, Kate grills. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants an Avenger who's so closed off in Scrooge, so Clint's 
got to soften his approach and wear his emotions on his sleeve a little bit more. As they walk, the giant Disney store advert is a shameless self-promotion, more than an Easter egg. But the Times Square scene does feature a smattering of cosplays of Avengers. There's I ha- feel like it, wait, I feel like that Disney store really showed when this was made, since they've closed all the Disney stores now. <laughs> Oops. Exactly. There's Hulk, Thor, a duo of Captain Americas, two Iron Man, and Ant Man once again turning up where he doesn't belong. <laughs> and the heroes are joined by an archer, but Clint quickly points out it's Katniss Everdeen from the Hunger Games. I thought that was funny. Yes. Oh, look, that's you. No, it's not. That's Katniss. Yeah. I know. Even he knows. <laughs> and she didn't seem to know who it was. I was like, what? <laughs> Hold on here. <laughs> this is not the conversation Clint wants to be having right now. And though they trade phone numbers for emergencies only, Kate, to say goodbye. Another day come and gone, Clint realizes he's still no closer to being home for Christmas. Calling Laura, the two briefly talk about Clint's current mission and what his plans are next. Clint knows he's got to talk to the tracksuit mafia and decides to use a catch-and-release technique, something Natasha used to do herself. Dashing the Ronin suit away in a locker, Clint heads off to be willingly captured. It's not the current plan. Ain't you know, any plan I would want to employ. Yeah. <laughs> first they catch me, then I'm going to release myself a first baseball bat to the, yes. to the groin. <laughs> <laughs> Amidst the current chaos, Kate realized she's got to show up for work where her mom's going to get suspicious. Eleanor also happens to be Kate's boss, and she's the woman in charge of Bishop Security. I bet there's a tie in there somewhere. Racing into the office, Kate makes a beeline for her mother who she finds talking to Jack. They're still discussing events of the night before and Armand's murder. Knowing, uh, Candy, knowing that <laughs> that's now not time, good time to talk, Eleanor suggested Kate come over for dinner later that night. She regardlessly agrees, and only if she can pick the topic of conversation. Kate only has one topic in mind, Jack, and exactly what his motives are for marrying into the Bishop family. I think it beginning and ends with cha-ching, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dinner conversation quickly turns into a sword fight, literally as Kate challenges Jack to a duel right in the foyer. First, you move the table. Yep. While Jack tries to play it off that there's no, he's no master sword, and that's not exactly true. He's good, maybe even better than Kate. And sure, maybe Kate tries to stab Jack in the face with a pointy end, but there, it was all to prove that he was lying. It's a good way of doing it. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure. Was there a pointy end on the? Because usually when you're using fencing, there's a little tiny ball at the end. I, right. I couldn't pick up. Yeah. But he sure reacted like that. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not the hair. Got not close the hair. To the face. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> In a show of good sportsmanship, Jack then offers Kate some hard candy, Armand's butterscotch, to be exact. Uh oh, incriminating. Yeah. Immediately recognizing the candy design, Kate realizes that Jack has recently been to Armand's, and he could be the killer they're looking for, but we don't know. Nope. Although, yet. apparently, the guy was stabbed. Brushing out, Kate calls Clint to offer up his new clue, only to hear a different voice on the end of life. Track Sue Mafia member Kazi Kazimirazak. By future of her mother's security company, of course, it's like the bad phone, I guess, Kate is yes. able to track the individual's specific location through a specialist app. Now, that leaked. I mean, it's a, it's a stretch. But at least we found a reason this time how they tracked each other. Right. It's in the other episode, like, how again? Yes. <laughs> Her username is Bishop112012, but there's no last name bunch of numbers. The digits actually refer to November 2012 of the cover date of Matt Fractions and Dave's Asia's Hawkeye Number 2 when Kate Bishop first appeared in that run. Woohoo! <laughs> 
Oh, see, another little Easter egg that I would not have known about. Yep. Love it. Love it. Yes. And I love that they're finally giving us a little bit of an explanation about how the hell she can track things. Right. At least we know now. Kind of. But speaking (laughs) with his family, now safely out of the city, Clint promises to beat the bad guys and get back home before Christmas. Boy, that sounds like he's breaking a horror movie rule, right? I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Never works. Conceptually, the premise lands extremely close to Die Hard with the beleaguered family man fighting his way through foreign gangsters to make sure he spends his Christmas day with his wife and children. I knew somehow... Die Hard the Christmas movie was going to yes, land in, in one die. of our shows. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully Jeremy Renner is running around in a vest and no shoes. Come <laughs> Hawkeye's finale. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like really bad if he was doing that. but Maybe flip-flops. <laughs> Clint employs Catch and Release to dupe the tracksuit mafia, which his wife notes is one of Nat's tricks. And sure enough, as Hawkeye pretends to get caught, as he literally was just standing there walking in a circle, and they're like, we've caught you. Yeah. Really? <laughs> really? You are stupid, aren't you? Yeah. But he effortlessly frees himself after, well, getting what he came for. Very much like Black Widow does to the group of criminals in the opening act of 2012's The Avengers. Yep. And I have to say the whole thing with, oh, nice hideout, not creepy at all. I'm, yes. And then... Finding out that the guy's name was Clown. I'm like, wait, is this supposed to be like a weird circusy thing? Because there was like right, yeah, those animals, which it looked like a mer- old merry-go-round, like a right, kid merry-go-round yes. or something. Yep. Now I'm like, oh, how weird is this going to get? I'm worried. <laughs> but it's not hard to find the tracksuit mafia if you're giving yourself up to them. Clint is taken to their hideout, an old abandoned toy store. Okay, that explains it. Yep. Where he's interrogated by some of the most boisterous tracksuit members. Ivan Thomas and Enrique, who are trying to track down Ronan themselves, as well as Kazi. There's another familiar member of the tracksuit mafia lurking in Hawkeye. Clint keeps referencing the shift manager as Ivan because mm. you are obviously not in charge. Yeah. <laughs> and this chap is almost certainly the MCU's Ivan, last name, guys? Ananovas. thank you. The leader of Marvel's comic, Tracksuit Dracula's. Again, nice tie-in. Tied up in the chair in front of them, Clint does his best to explain that Kate Bishop is not Ronan without coming out and saying, I'm Ronan, guys. Yeah, that's not her. Right. (laughs) Heck, Clint doesn't even know who Kate Bishop is, so she can't be Ronan. And you're thinking this might work until you know it won't, right? Yes. (laughs) This would probably work on the dim tracksuits if it weren't for Kate literally crashing into the scene, falling from the ceiling. Whoops. Realizing that the tracksuit has both Clint and Kate, Kazi heads off. Actually, it was Ivan that heads off to inform the boss that they got them both. And he was very exaggerated doing it. And when we see the the boss, she's like touching the speakers. And when I seen him very exaggerating, like the way he was talking, I'm like, okay, so she must not be able to hear or just hard of hearing, which I feel like that's going to play in why they finally brought Clint hard of hearing or deafness in the one ear to the forefront in this episode. Or, yeah, it was in this episode, too, in last episode. So I feel like that's all going to play in, because last episode we also got his youngest child signing to him. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is going to finally play in if you catch the little bit, because when he starts signing to her, which I'm sure he will, because you know somebody's going to be like, how does he know sign language? (laughs) If you paid attention, you would know. Yeah, now I really wish that we would have saw 
exactly what Kate was up to before she fell through the ceiling. Because, I mean, from the stuff that we've seen from her previously, that's just not, she wouldn't have made that mistake. That yeah, becomes, she's a little more athletic than that. Yeah. You know, it's not clumsy. That's clumsy. Yes. <laughs> I like your line, though, when she says, oh, we're supposed to bring a gun? Yeah. <laughs> that's why I said you had that naive thing popping in a lot right. this episode. Yeah. yeah. Like, mom not questioning that her boyfriend is suddenly really good at fencing. Right. Nobody questioning the money. And suddenly, you know, her doing this, it's like, oh, I, I'm really good. I can do all this because I shot the fire extinguisher last episode. But now it's like, eh, yeah, I can't do anything. I was Let's thinking start. of the uh, murder of Armand number right. three there. Why would Jacques do it? He did hint around that he's going to get an inheritance. And he's like, aren't I? So you better make sure first before you kill the guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's made up, <laughs> make out the will and you're in it. So maybe he didn't kill him. No, nah, I think he killed him. <laughs> I think he did it because he was arguing and he's like, I'm going to take you out of the will or something. Right. Or he found out that he threatened Eleanor. Thank you. I'm like, what is her name? Kate Bishop's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could unless, be. Unless, tinfoil hat, let's unwrap it. What if Kate dad is alive and he's the super underground bad guy and he's the one who somehow knew Armand threatened Eleanor and is like, no, I'm taking him out. Be cool. Yep, that would. <laughs> yeah. Have Jack just be a red herring that <laughs> Kate yeah. has to expose as being garbage to her mother. <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought it was like this supposed to be the same person, but playing two different people. Right. I was like, wait, is that supposed to be her dad? Like, yeah. <laughs> with some, like, maybe they're going to say, oh, I got plastic surgery or something. I was like, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> well, any other thoughts on this episode? Well, I'm still piecing together the uh, Eleanor, Jack, and Armand triangle there. Right. <laughs> Find out what the uh, problem is that Armand the third had with, uh, I don't know, maybe had something to do with her security business. Could be. Or maybe he it, just. He doesn't didn't. have all the money. Right, or maybe he didn't want her marrying Jack because he knew what Jack was. He was only going to go after her for her money. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, but he didn't seem like it, that enamored with uh, Eleanor. No, because he kept saying that. Oh, she's not really a prize. Yeah, that's why I was thinking like she doesn't really have the money that she's kind of saying she has. Oh my God, what if she's skimming money? From the company. Offer company. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Things are going to... That would be horrible. Although, there is an origin story for you. Yep. Absolutely. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send the, your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps the other fans of the show find us, as there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. We have so many shows like the Mudhorn Clan cast, which will be coming back very soon. So you should check us all out over at www.fangirlzone.com. If you want to contact us, there's a myriad of ways. So you just click on that contacts page. You can send it to us individually. You can send it to us as a group, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere, because we are all over the place. And like I said, don't forget to check out the other podcasts because we have 30 plus podcasts out there. I'm sure you're going to like something else, too. So for this episode of the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, I'm Steve. 
It's a nice place you got here. Not creepy at all. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I'm just going to leave this right here in this random gym locker. And I'm Mischievous Dave. Hey, Kate, let me show you my safe house. It's where I keep my trick arrow. <laughs> There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat. There is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the fangirl zone.